Alright, come on, blow that damn thing. So we have a website right now, right? We're going to talk about that small kind, you know, a little bit. And uh, we want to say, first, we got to start with the attitude of gratitude because that's important. Gratitude, I cannot, Hawaiians, I cannot even tell you how gratitude changed my life. Uh, because not, not just because I was always grateful. You know, when you get something, you appreciate it, right? Like, I appreciate you. I appreciate you for listening, for taking your time. You know, when you take of someone's time, you take of someone's life. Freddie Morris uh, one of my friends from back in the day, uh, he, he taught me that. And um, so thank you for spending some of your life with me. Uh, so anyway, we'd like to mahalo everybody. And we have a new country. Taiwan is our newest country. So we'd like to aloha them all the way across the ocean. And we hope you guys are all right with that uh, potential conflict you guys got going on with China. I don't know. You know, it's kind of, it would be kind of rough for me living my life as a Taiwanese person knowing that this huge you know, monster of a country is always eyeing you up, ready for takeover. You know, you know what I mean? So please, please, uh, Taiwan people, uh, do what you gotta do and whatever. We hope America backs you up to the highest, but, uh, yeah, our hearts are with you and we hope you maintain your sovereignty. Okay. Cause stuff like that happen here and there is no more sovereignty. <laughs> I mean, there is, but it's kind of like in the back room underneath the Pune. Okay, so people from Hawaii will understand that. People outside of Hawaii, it just, it's just far away. That's all. It's, it's buried underneath layers of bureaucracy is, is what it is. So anyway, welcome to the podcast. Mahalo. Thank you very much. And uh, on today's podcast, I'm going to tell you guys like uh, one of my experiences, right? Or some, you know, a few of my experiences. Because, you know, I, I got one comment from the website. Now, the website is at jrkjr.com. Very easy to remember. Or you can go to the, you know, juniorkkwebajuniorshow.com. That's kind of complicated. But uh, jrkjr.com, okay? Now, um, so for the people in Hawaii, which is our third biggest state, number one, California, number two, Texas, number three, Hawaii. And we'd like to thank all of you guys Okay, now um, the people from Hawaii that, that are listening, okay, you guys know that, you know, well, you guys know me, but but anyway, and, and um, it's because of you that I'm doing this podcast. It's because of you that I even exist. Because if it wasn't for the people of Hawaii, I would have no income. I, I wouldn't have a job. Uh, I wouldn't have my businesses. I wouldn't have anything. Uh, so thank you. Thank you very much. I would I would not have a thing without you guys. So please tell your friends and neighbors, Hawaiians, okay? you Hawaiians in Hawaii. Now, that being said, all you guys are Hawaiians. All you guys, okay? So if you're listening to us in Israel, we got listeners in Israel. We got listeners in Taiwan. We got listeners in Saudi Arabia. You guys, when you guys are listening to the show, you guys are all Hawaiians. So when I say Hawaiians, I'm talking to you. All right. So uh, JRKJR is the website. Now, on the website, we have a couple of things that, that you need to know about. 
so the website is not about marketing or advertising, okay? So when you go to the, I, I know because a lot of people that know me, you know, and they, they see the site come up and they go, oh, Junior, go market to it. He's selling or something. No, no, no. I do that on other stuff, okay? The, the, that site is the, you know, the, the podcast site is not for marketing. The podcast site is so that you can leave me an 80-second question or comment or whatever. If you're trying to figure out, so you, say for example, okay, you're you're in a rough relationship and you're having problems with your wife. Because I help more men than females, but I do help a lot of females in that area. In that area, in life coaching, in manifesting, I help more females than males. So, um, and that's not to say that men don't want to, you know, uh, materialize things or manifest things or like that. Uh, it's just the way it is. I I have no idea. But more females than males come to me. And females are, are more, I want to say, more uh, skilled at manifesting than males. Because females live out of the right brain, the creative brain. Because they're emotional beings. Okay? So the left brain is the reptilian logic side, right? And and that's more concrete, you know, matter of fact, kind of, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And sometimes it's hard to migrate someone who is used to living in, in left brain activities and, and move them over to the right side and go, here, here's creativity. See, look, you, you can create this for yourself, you know. But anyway, so, uh, but but that being said, okay, uh, if you're having problems in your relationship, let's say, let's say your wife is not responding to you. Let's say she's completely turned off by you or a little turned off by you, giving you a hard time. She's grumpy. She, <laughs> you know what I mean? And she wants a divorce, okay? Because I had plenty of guys. I can't even tell you how many people I helped like that. And, and basically, it was reacquainting them with their inner masculine being. That's all. That's all. That's all. But you see, they give that up, right? And we already discussed that in the, in the relationship podcast a couple podcasts ago. So I'm not going to go into it. But I'm just saying, like, let's say that was the problem. So you go on the website, right? Because it's, it's on your phone. Okay? And there's a button on the right-hand side. And it has a microphone icon. Okay, now you press that button and you can leave me an 80-second question. Now, this is the purpose of that button, okay? It's not to talk story. It's not, you know, anything like that, right? Okay, what you do is you hit the button and then you would say something like, hey, Junior, you know, my wife giving me problems and I cannot, you know, this, this, this is the challenge and this, that, whatever, in 80 seconds. Now, what I will do, okay, is I will write you an email. Now, you got you to gotta put your email down. You got to say your email, speak it into the thing, right, so I can respond. I will send you an email with a detailed plan. Okay, well, maybe not that detailed, but I will tell you what you need to do. I will give you a fix for it. Because you see, the, the fix is a lot simpler than you think. It's not a, it's not a complex deal to, to run a relationship or to, to be in a relationship or a marriage or interaction with a female. It's not. It's very simple. Okay, but most men give it up voluntarily. Right, they will take the saw and they will start to saw off their testicles, and then they will deposit it in her purse, and <laughs> they will they will even close the purse and lock it up. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So, all you gotta do, all you gotta do is do that. Okay, you gotta you gotta get in touch with your inner masculine, and then you gotta move from there. Now, uh, say for example, that was the question. I will issue an email. Boom, there you go, free service. Okay, and we put it up on the website. Now I'm not I'm not on here on a podcast to make a whole bunch of money and everything. No, no, this is a public service, 
Okay, it's also me telling the stories of my life and how I manifested stuff. And, and, and it's not to flex. It's not to sit here and go, oh, I did this, I did that, I'm the man. No, 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 no. This is, you know, and sometimes I put pictures up on my site, right? And what I'm doing is I'm like, here, dudes, look, I did this. If I can do this, why are you guys sitting around complaining about this, that, and the other thing? You see what I'm saying? So you can do, you can live your dreams. You can, you can, I mean, crazy ass dreams I lived, right? It wasn't because I had money to do the dreams. It wasn't because, I don't know, somebody, you know, gave me the golden key to the big door and said, hey, bro, come inside. I mean, you know, you know, we, I had, I had lots of help. I did. But the only reason I had the help is because I started taking the steps and God started opening the door. And that's how it works for you because everything, right, comes to us through others. Okay, God works to other people. Sometimes those other guys don't even know that they, they're performing God's work. They don't know, right? They don't know the opening. Of, so the guy that opened the big doors for me on the radio, okay, that was one. That was one huge door. There was a huge door in business that opened up for me. There was a huge, there was all these doors, okay? But let me talk about this one because, you know, a lot of people know about this in, in Hawaii especially. And they know that, you know, oh, yeah, brother was on the radio. Uh, you know, how did that happen? Right? <laughs> okay. So, so but but I was taking the steps and I was going through all this self-improvement stuff, right? I'm going, you know, all the stuff that I teach today because I teach people how. Because there is a method. There's a, there's a formula that you can go through. I'll give you some books. Okay. Give you some books, Hawaiians. Okay. Uh, the Master Key System. Go read that one. Okay. The Master Key System. Charles Hanno. Read that one. Okay. Uh, the Science of Getting Rich. Okay. Read that one. <laughs> okay. Um, the what's what's the other one? Uh, Think and Grow Rich. Napoleon Hill. Read that one. Okay. And the uh, the Science of Getting Rich is by Wallace D. Waddles. Read that one. Okay. Do some reading. Go go go. Jump in a book. Now, if you don't have time for reading, okay, this depends on, depending on what kind of learner you are, you can do the audiobooks, okay, and they got audiobooks. My audiobook folder in my phone is full, Hawaiians, okay, when I'm shaving, okay, when I'm taking a shower, okay, my audiobook is on, and, I, and I'm just intaking all the information, okay, when I'm in my car, riding around, you think I'm jamming to some kind of tunes? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> and this is the irony, right? Because when I was in my 20s, right, I would kill for the kind of stereo that I got in my car right now, okay? I got a $4,500 stereo in my car from Germany, right? And, and when I was in my 20s, I was like, oh, man, I wanted the big woofer. You know you know the one you put in the trunk? And then pretty soon, by the time you're 40, you're hard of hearing. You, you know that one? Okay, that one. That's the one I wanted. I used to go down Pro City. I used to go down to the stereo play, right? I used to look, you know, for, the, for you guys out of Hawaii... Uh, or not on Oahu. That, that's a place on Oahu. And there was this stereo place. And I used to go down and browse. Because I, I was trying to manifest that, right? And and I never did get there. Okay? So that, that was a failure. But that was before I, I, was, I was aware of how to manifest. You see? And that's why I say you can do it wrong. Okay? Because I was doing them wrong. I was just standing there. I was looking at them. And I was going, oh, I wish I had that. I wish I had that. But I wasn't doing anything else. 
okay? I wasn't doing vision boarding. I wasn't doing, uh, uh, you know, my affirmations. I wasn't doing all this stuff. I, I, I didn't know any formulas. And so that's all it was. It was just me, kid in the candy store, looking at the candy and then walking out going, oh, oh shoot, I don't want money for that, right? Okay, so that didn't happen. Now, fast forward, right? So I'm in the in the second half of life right now, right? And I got this stereo that I would kill for in my 20s. I would actually, well, maybe not kill. Okay, that's an exaggeration. But you know what I'm saying, right? And now I'm listening to audiobooks <laughs> this, this damn stereo that can actually kick some butt. You know, you know what I'm saying? All right, anyway, and I'm not flexing. I'm telling you that your values will change your vibration when you change your vibration okay Hoings, it works like this when you change your vibration the things that are really important to you right now in the lower mind okay and i'm talking about all kinds of pleasures i'm talking about all kinds of of things that are important to you right now okay are not going to be important to you once you reside in the higher mind once you elevate yourself to the higher mind okay now do you do you ever participate in lower mind activities? Uh, well, sexual desire is a lower activity, right? Yeah. Okay, sure you do. Of course you do. Life is a balance, okay? But you don't want to stay there. You don't want to you don't want to be, you know, hanapa. Well, sorry, that's a local reference. <laughs> but you you don't want to be you you don't want to be engaging in that activity like all the time and living for it and can't get enough of it. You really I, I I saw this article by Will Smith where he said that he went on a rampage because this chick fooled around on him, right? His chick. And he went on this rampage and he had sex with like so many chicks and what, you know. And I'm like, bro, yeah, he was doing them wrong. Okay. And, and he's very good at manifestation. And I'm thinking that when he did that, okay. See, when you do stuff like that, right? When you, cause, cause I, hey, I'm guilty right here. Guilty. Okay, I go on rampages. Sometimes it's with food. Sometimes it's with sex. Sometimes it's with, you know, uh, things, you know, buying things, or spending money, whatever. Okay, so when you do anything in excess, right, now you become anchored to that vibration, okay? And the vibration is not the good things. The vibration is not the sex. The vibration is not the, you know, it's the lower mind. That's that's what it is, okay? It's not it's not necessarily that okay. I'm gonna dive into buying things. No, it's not necessarily that. It's it's the vibration of that lower mind that keeps you doing lower mind activities, right? And when you can't rise above that, and you can't be the observer and look back inside the box and go, oh, that's what I'm doing, right? So you can balance. And when you balance, what do you do? Well, you go, you go, oh, wow, okay, I'm here, I'm, I'm doing lower mind stuff, okay, I gotta get back. And then you get back, just like when, you, when you're when on a diet, okay, or whatever, and when I say diet, I don't mean like you purposely losing weight, I mean like, that's your regular diet. My regular diet is mostly vegetables, like, like maybe, I wanna say 80% veggies, right? But sometimes, and here's how the human brain works, right? Sometimes when you taste carbs, when you go back to bread, and I'm not talking, I'm not doing Atkinson, what we call that? No, that's on, that's on street. <laughs> Atkins diet, right? I'm not doing that. I'm not doing keto. I'm not doing any of that. Okay, I love vegetables. My grandmother raised us on vegetables, so I just, 
I just like it. Okay. I go in the vegetable section of the store. My mouth waters. I'm like, oh man, I like by this, like by that, you know. But I don't have time to sit around and cook and stuff. So I buy the lettuce in the bag. You know, the romaine lettuce, right? About that. I, there's chopped salad in the bag as well. So I just, I just buy a bunch of bags and, and to throw them in. And then, and then I put olive oil. Olive oil is very healthy, Hollins. You got to check it out. Okay. Put olive oil in your stuff. You can drink them out of the bottle. Okay, so I get one. I get one bottle at my office of olive oil, and I take swigs from that thing. Okay, like every day, like once a day, I take a mouthful of olive oil. You'd be surprised how the thing helps you. Okay, now I'm I'm getting up there in age. I have no health problems. What health problems I get? The only health problem I get is <laughs> is my asthma, which is why you hear me breathing hard sometimes when I when I do to my podcast because I have asthma. And I had that since I was born. And and I, I deal with it. It's, it's perfectly cool. But what I'm saying is, right, in that lower mind vibration, okay? Now, here's the thing, right? I go along with my diet, okay, my regular, what I eat most of the time. And then I'll have like a tuna sandwich. And then I'll be like, my brain will go like, oh, bro, that's carbs right there. That's bread right there. Oh, you know how much you love bread, right? And then I'll have another sandwich. Pretty soon, I'm standing in line in Subway, getting one foot long, right? I'm like, yeah, jam the jalapenos, put some tuna inside. You know, I'm doing all that kind of stuff, right? Because that's how your brain works, you know? It's like, well, you haven't had that for a while. Let's go on a spree. <laughs> you know, so you do that. Okay, no, it's the same thing with meat, okay? No, I did meat for, I, I hardly eat meat. I hardly. Like like steak and stuff, hardly. Okay. Um, and hot dogs. <laughs> don't eat hot dogs, you guys. Don't. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying don't eat hot dogs. Anyway, but hot dogs is like scraps, right? And they, they put them all inside this, you know, wrapper. And then you're eating that. So it, it's not very healthy to begin with. But anyway, so some sometimes I'll have a chicken hot dog, you know the pack, right? And I and I do unpack chicken hot dogs, right? But then here's what happened the last time I went on a meat run, okay? I'll, I'll tell you guys because I want to help you guys. I want to help you guys see this stuff because if you can see this stuff, you can control it, okay? When you control it, it's called self-discipline. When you have self-discipline, you can manifest all kinds of crap. Okay, I promise, I promise, 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 I swear my grandfather's grave, okay? Okay, now here's how the meat run went. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you guys, I have no qualms about that, okay? So anyway, so so I, I was like, oh, maybe I should get meat. See, what I do is I, I eat a lot of poi, because poi is excellent for you. I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's expensive, but it's awesome. And I buy the one in the container, because I don't have time for mixed poi, for the, you know, so anyway, you guys outside of Hawaii, poi is a, is a bulb, uh, kind of uh, like a yam or sweet potato kind of thing, right? It's uh, sacred to the Hawaiian people. Uh, it's part of the Hawaiian ancestry. So it's called kalo, and kalo is is an ancestor to the native Hawaiian people. Okay, it's an ancestor now. So it goes a little deep, right? We're not going to get into that. I am not a Hawaiian expert. I am not an expert on kalo or I just know it tastes good in the form of poi. And that's after they process it, right? Okay, so it's like a root kind of thingy, right? All right, so I so I eat that. It's a starchy vegetable is what it is. And, I, and so I eat poi and I always eat poi. I eat poi maybe oh, four or five times a week, 
like like the majority of the days, couple days I rest because I'm like, bro, you you getting too into boy, right? So one day I, I went to the poi section, which is right next to the meat section where I shop, okay, and I walked down a little further. I said, hey, maybe it's time for some meat, right? Because I never eat meat long time, and this is when I say long time, I mean for me, long time is like couple months. And and I'm like, oh, it's been a couple months. Yeah, and it's this let's do a steak, right? So I grab a ribeye. Okay, now I take the ribeye home, right? Enjoy the ribeye, get into the ribeye, and I'm like, oh man, that was good, right? <laughs> so the next day I'm at the store, right? Because I, I, I go to the store every day because I like fresh food. I don't like to buy stuff for the week or whatever, let it sit. Right, so I go down. I get fresh tofu. I get fresh veggie, veggies. I get fresh everything, and I go down. So I go down to the store the next day, right? And I'm like, and I'm walking through the the meat section now, right? Because now I've been introduced to meat again, right? Now I pick up a pack of the spicy sausage, like the the hot. There's this brand of hot sausage that I like, and and I, like I said, I only do this once in a while, right? But I'm like, oh yeah, well you had meat yesterday. Yesterday and the brain starts to rationalize, right? So go, wow, bro, you had so so part of myself is telling myself, bro, you just had me yesterday. And the other, you know, the angel, the devil on the shoulders, right? And then the shoulder, the, the the devil on the other side is going, oh, brother, but that's that's only sausage, but you just had you just you never you never had meat for two months, but you can have that, okay? So so this is the rationalizing, right? Okay, so <clears throat> so so I go for the the. The sausage, right? Only get four in a pack. I mean, you know, minor. Take them home, right? So, so I do that, right? Now, not all in in one day, but I mean, you know, that. So that that lasts me for a week, right? You know, one here, one there, whatever. And then pretty soon, right? I go back. I'm like, wow, okay. Hey, you know what? You never have bacon long time, you know, because I hardly ever ever have bacon because bacon is mostly fat and grease and and all of that, right? So, of course, my brain goes, bro, you never have bacon for like months and months and months. But you can have bacon. Come on. So I grab on maple bacon. You see what I'm saying, always? Now I'm on a meat run. Because why? Because, well, because I started tasting meat again. You see, now, a lot of people balance. Okay, they balance, right? So, so, oh, tonight we're having lasagna. Oh, tomorrow we're having hamburger. Oh, tomorrow we're having, you know, whatever, right? Okay, so... So what I what I do right is I I get out of the box and I go, dude, and this usually happens when I'm in the store, when I'm in the store hunting, right? Because men men have hunt mode, right? Doesn't matter what we're hunting, it could be food, it could be it could be women, it could be whatever, okay? But yeah, we go into hunt mode, right? And we looking, and we looking, and we okay, you know, meat, 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 right? <laughs> okay, pretty soon, right? I, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the steak, cause I go, well, maybe, maybe I just have on sirloin. It's been a while, and I only had that one ribeye, and then I had a few sausages. Ah, that's nothing, right? You know? And I have to stop myself, and I have to go, dude. So that's the angel on the right side, okay? The right side is a creative brain. That's why I say that. Anyway, so the angel on the right shoulder, right, says, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> you know you're on a meat run, right? Okay. Now I got to stop and I got to go, hmm. And I look at the steak and then I go, all right, pass. And then I go, I walk back around all the way down to the veggie section and I grab, you know, tomatoes. I grab bell peppers. I grab 
baby carrots, whatever, all of that. Okay, that kind of stuff. But you see, that's what I'm talking about, Hawaiians. Okay, so if you go through something like that, okay, now the higher mind gives you the control. If you're stuck in the lower mind, you could be on a meat run for a few months. You could be on a bread run. You could be on a girl run. You could be, you could be on a heroin run. You could be on a cocaine run. You could be on a tobacco run. I mean, okay. So you, but you gotta, you gotta control that. Now, let me take you back to the 80s. <laughs> oh, Unks, we're going to the 80s. <laughs> think back to the, it's not back to the future. It's back to the past. Okay, let me take you way back to the 80s. All right, right around 1986. Mm-hmm. That's where we're going. 1986, okay. They started to manufacture crystal methamphetamine, okay. And they started to manufacture it here in Hawaii. And it was plentiful because it was cheap. And a lot of people started on it because they could afford it. Okay, now they wanted to they wanted to do this thing because they wanted to get off or get high or whatever you want to call it, right? They wanted they wanted to, okay. Uh they wanted to get crunk, <laughs> whatever, okay. But but I'm just saying. And so it was cheap and available and plentiful, right? The supply, right? So the demand started to increase, and these people started to do this because it was easy, it was attainable, right? Now, a lot of musicians did this because it kept them going, okay? Now, I was very shocked to learn that when we started our wedding and party business, most of the waiters and stuff in the, in the dining room were doing it because they had to keep up with the workload. They had to keep, and they had to keep going and jamming. And they were doing a lot of this stuff. Now, now it doesn't really, you don't, you don't turn into the street person looking type person, uh, in the beginning. Okay. I want to say in the beginning. And I want to say it's some of them, some of them had the self control to control it to the point where it didn't get out of hand to the point where they didn't turn into a monster or, or whatever. Okay. Or get really bad or. You know, that kind of thing, right? Start, you know, talking to the hands. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. But but 1986 was, was the point in which it started growing. <clears throat> now, I was around this stuff, right? Because the guys that I hung around, okay? And these weren't like street guys. These weren't street. These were the executive branch. This was higher up on the... On, on the uh, if you want to call it the syndicate ladder, that you know, there was another name for it. We're not going to get into that. But but if you want to call it that, if you want to call it organized crime, okay. But these were the board of director guys. These was the, the the higher guys, and I was the fly in the room. Okay, so I would observe all this stuff. Okay, and I would observe some some very um, I want to say uh, revealing things because what it did reveal to me, right, was that some of these industries were a front for, for this stuff, for crystal methamphetamine. Now, the reason why I'm getting on to this, the reason why I'm, I'm, you know, letting you guys know about this is because this is an example of the lower mind. Okay. Now, a lot of people just went for this, right? Now, if you're going for this, you're going for pleasure, right? Sometimes it's a necessity to keep you going to, you know, they gave it to a lot of musicians, the same guys that were selling them to the musicians was working for the record company. Now, I don't know if they knew, I'm sure at some point they did, but I, I'm sure not in the beginning. But let me tell you one thing, right? This thing hooked so many people. 
right? That after like like after they did it like a couple times, sometimes even one time, they had to keep going. Okay, because of it because of the, the effect it had on them, right? And I was around all this stuff. I never did it. Not even once. Right. And and I was in a place where nobody would twist my arm to do it, you know. But the reason they got these other guys to do it is because the money would come right back in the door. We talked about this on the podcast, so I'm not going to get too heavy into it. But I'm just going to tell you that this was lower mind stuff. Now, being anchored in the lower mind is what you really need to look out for. Okay, now, um, when you do stuff like this, this kind of activity, okay, and the reason why I mentioned crystal meth and not, and not cocaine and not heroin is because crystal meth affected more people because it was cheaper. Okay, so this was like mass, you know, mass distribution, like, like big time. Okay, and so you had a lot of people that was doing it. Okay, and I knew some of the guys that was doing it that I was around that wouldn't say anything to me because I would flip their cards like, you know, that was like, bro, why are you doing that? You know, anyway. And so I was like uncool in their, in their mind. And, and that was perfectly fine for me because I didn't want to join them. I didn't want to be like that. You know what I mean? So, so that was, so, so now, you know, I was operating in an environment that was, uh, that, that had a lot of lower mind elements. And what I had to do was I had to operate there because that's what I, I needed to do. I needed to, you know, I needed to be in the entertainment industry. I needed to be around certain, you know, people because of the connections, because of all of that. And I'm sure if I was, you know, like a little bit more willing to participate, you know what I'm saying? Participate, right? And then I would have been a participant and then I would have gone through the mill. Because the mill chews you up and spits you out. Okay, because too much of this stuff, right? And pretty soon you have no choice. They're gonna spit you out because you're no longer usable. Okay, you're no longer a benefit. You become, you, you turn from an asset to a liability, and then pow, that's it. Boom. Oh, sorry, you guys out of Hawaii. Pow, me, it's finished. <laughs> so, but but that's that's you know that's the layout. But there are some people who, well, a lot of people that realize that they were stuck in this lower mind activity. Now, whether they realize looked at it like that like lower mind higher mind whatever i don't know but they got out okay and they and they they abstained and they went through treatment and they you know fixed their life up and and they're good now okay years and years and years later okay but while you're in it you don't see it hawaiians and this is the point i'm getting to when you're in stuff like this lower mind activities you don't really see it okay when you're participating in anything excessively you don't look at it like, oh, I'm stuck in the lower mind. <laughs> no, you don't. You you look at it like, oh, I got one problem, but that's right. Let's have another one. <laughs> Whatever that is, right? Could be anything. But but I'm just saying. So, but these are lower mind vibrations. Now, when you raise your vibration into the higher mind, right? When you sink down into the lower mind, you can you can call a hot. Okay, you can say, oh. Well, <laughs> hold on, right? Look at what you're doing, bro. Look, and then you can go back to the higher mind. Okay. Now there is a process, right? Because like like me in the store, I was looking at the meat. I started looking at the meat all week. I started eating meat all week, right? And then pretty soon it's like, bro, you know you're eating meat all week, right? Now some people don't have that kind of discipline. Some people just, I don't know, they just go. They just go and they do. And then they end up sick or they end up with cancer. Or they end up with whatever. 
you know, I don't know what I'm going to get. You know, I might get something, right? Everybody's getting something, right? So I might get something, whatever. It Life is life. You got you to gotta play with the hand that you're dealt, okay? But I will tell you, you have control over most of it, okay? You have control over, I, I would say, at least 80% of it. And and from there, you can steer your ship. You don't. Life is not a game of chance. You know, a lot of people say. A lot of people, you know, they say to me, because because I'm a life coach, I hear this stuff, right? And they go, well, you know, I have uh, this stuff always happens to me because you know uh, this and that and da 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 and you know I I I poor, uh, you know, I don't make that much money. No, no, it doesn't have anything to do with money. It has to do with your mind. It has to do with retraining your subconscious. When you retrain your subconscious, your paradigm will change. Okay. Your paradigm, you know that the habits, the, the system of actions that you have, okay? Now, let's say, for example, because I, I got this question about a dating scenario. I'm not going to get into that because we did that on the other podcast. But let's say, for example, you wanted a girlfriend, okay? Or let's say let's say the end goal was wife, right? But you're going to start with girlfriend, right? Because you... <laughs> please, please, Hawaiians, do not go into into any any club or library or museum and walk up to a girl and say, you know, you'd make a good wife. Don't, don't. please, Hawaiians. All right, but but let's start with girlfriend. <laughs> okay, so if if you write down on a piece of paper, right, and you make a list, okay, and I've done this a, a few times, and it's worked every single time. Okay, now let's say you, you want a girl with blonde hair. Okay, so you write down blonde hair. So these are the these are the attributes that you're looking for in a woman. Okay, blonde hair, okay, uh, uh, thin build, medium build, large build, whatever you want, right? But you gotta be specific and you gotta you gotta nail these details all the way down. Okay? Education. Like what kind of education? I mean, cause you could end up with a really sexy dummy. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. This is, bro. I've done experiments in the field. Hawaiians, I can tell you, I've been there. Okay, or, okay, worse than that. Okay, I had this chick who was really smart. Okay, she looked like on Playboy, like she stepped out of Playboy magazine, right? And and but 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 the the inside. You know the 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 sex appeal, the the charisma, the the you know that that right that that attraction part wasn't there, you know. And and I was you know I was there sometimes looking it over and I'm oh I gotta do that again. And it, you see what I'm saying, Hawaiians? Okay, so this is why specific specificity, specificity. Okay, so that's a ten dollar word. That means be specific. Okay, so so you write them down and you write them all down. So make a list of ten things. You will meet that girl. Now, whether that girl will will come into your life as a relationship, now, that requires work, okay? You will meet that girl, okay? But you can't have power over someone else's free will. That's the only thing. But you will meet that girl, okay? So anyway, so there's there's been tons of things in my life that, you know, happened when I was in the lower mind, especially in my 20s and early 30s, that I had no idea. I had no idea I was going through that. I had no idea. Okay, but when I started learning all this stuff, the doors started opening. And finally, towards my late 30s, things began to happen, which led to the, you know, what people call the aha moment, right? When you figure it out and you go, oh, yeah, this is what I got to do, right? And then after that, the, the magic happened. 
And the guy that opened the door for me did not even know he was opening the door. And I did not know that that was the door opening until the third day. And the third day, God popped into my head and said, boy, you better start singing for your life because this is it. And, and, and he knew, too, that the guy that was working with me, the guy that afforded me this opportunity, you know, I love that guy, too, today. You know, well, I'm not going to tell him, but, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but yeah, but that's what happened, okay? <clears throat> and it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't show itself to you right away. You got to take a few steps first. You got to take action first. Okay. But the action, like I always say, is baby steps. So we was taking baby steps. Monday, we was just making up the story, right? On the radio. Tuesday, we was just going through the motions and reiterating the story. By Wednesday, the light bulb went on. And based upon the reaction that we got from the general public, it was like, bro, this is showtime, right? And, and it's like, bro, this, this is what you was waiting for. Right. And then you go, oh, yeah, okay. Then you get the aha moment. Okay. And then it's work because now that you know that God is opening this door for you, you got to just go. You got to go. You have to accept it. Okay. Now you, you, you may have a situation where somebody will make you an offer, you know, like make you an offer. You can't refuse. <laughs> you know, I had, I had those offers. I had those offers, but it didn't pan out. I wasn't ready. Okay. But, but at that time when that happened, okay, so, so that happened, all right? Now, I, I had to pull myself from the lower mind to the higher mind. And for a long time, I was stuck in the lower mind. But then eventually I started, you know, started working on it, working on it, working on it. And then the other things manifested. The companies manifested. The, the Waikiki show manifested. The, the bigger things all came into play. The, the women, the everything, everything. Okay, uh, money, uh, possessions, I don't know, new, new cars or whatever, all, all this stuff. Everything started coming. Now, did everything go away and fall flat? No. No, I still have, I, I, you know, every time I get in my car, I am just as happy as I was in my $400 Toyota that I had years and years and years and years ago. I am still as happy because back then, right, it was, it was like I found one deal. It was $400. I was happy. I was like, wow, thank God I got this car and I got, got them at this price and whatever, right? Now, whenever I see my car, I'm like, thank you, Father God. Thank you for this car. And, and it leads me to the next car. And it leads me to the next car. And that's why I said gratitude changed my life. It's not that, it's not that, you know, I wasn't grateful before. Yeah, I was grateful. Something happened to me. I was like, wow, yeah, thank you. But now I express gratitude all day long, right? Every single time I see my car, like I could be taking rubbish from the house. You know, you got empty rubbish, you go to the rubbish can. I go to the rubbish can, I gotta pass my garage, right? I gotta open the garage door, right? The garage door goes up, there's my car, right? And I'm walking and I, and I turn around, I look at my car and I'm like, thank you, Father God. Thank you, thank you for my car. I never thought I would get here, right? And that's the attitude you got to have about everything. If you have a $400 Toyota right now, that's what you got to do. You got to praise God for that $400 Toyota like I did because I was happy. The top speed in that car was 50 miles an hour. Lucky thing, the thing reached, I mean, I was lucky if the thing would hit 50 on the freeway going downhill. You see what I'm saying? Only had AM radio. I AM radio. And we only, that's all we had. But we was happy. 
We was very happy. I was happy. I was ecstatic. I was ecstatic because I had on car. You know, you see what I'm saying? I never had to ride the bus. I was happy. You see, but but that's what you gotta do. Now let me fast forward to a fast story because like this guy came in my my Instagram right, and he said, "Oh, unks, he called me unks," and he's he's like, "Unks, tell us on story, but long time you never tell us. You you telling us all these love attraction, you never tell us on story." So I'm like, "All right, all right." So my whole life is about living my dreams, Hawaiians. Okay, living my dreams because when I was ten years old, okay, when I was ten years old, I found myself doing stuff that the other kids didn't do or that I never saw the other kids do okay and one of these things was cartoons Saturday morning okay mm-hmm. and when I started watching these cartoons like I started getting into them and I started living the cartoons and pretty soon I started talking like the cartoons right and of course my mother was like beside herself you know she was over here and then she was over there and she, she was she was going nuts with me she was going crazy because I became the cartoon, right? You know, I I would be going in the kitchen while she was cooking. I mean, what's up, Doc? You <laughs> know, stuff like that, right? Yeah, I used to get cracks. I used to get cracks, always. Cracks, okay? But but that was what I, you know, I found out that I could do this, right? I got this skill. And, and so I used to mimic everything. I used to mimic my high school principal. I used to mimic teachers. I used to mimic everything. Right, my elementary school teacher, uh, I used to mimic uh, all these guys. So I just started mimicking everything, and I found out I could repeat what I heard, so I could duplicate what I heard. Right, and that, and when I was ten, I knew in my mind I wanted to do this kind of stuff. I wanted to do because I thought to myself, well, if I can do this, there's you know, because I wasn't stupid. I I knew was a man. You know, micro with a microphone behind the scenes someplace, right? I I knew it wasn't the cartoon itself, right? So I, I knew that, and I go, wow, if he can do them, I can do them, right? And that's been my my formula for life. I I saw I saw this guy doing ventriloquism, my friend Freddie, and I go, wow, if he can do them, I can do them, right? I saw Frank Sinatra singing these songs with the orchestra. I said, hey, if he can do them, I can do them, right? And then all I did was rely on God. That's all I did. I, I I had nobody. I had no money, right? My mom. My mom did not believe in that kind of education, right? My mom believed in college. She believed in in tutors. <laughs> I went to math tutors. I was like, I was so bored. I was like, and then so pretty soon I started bucking the system, like the whole system, like the whole educational system, right? But she did do something for me that that I always appreciated. She bought me one children's encyclopedia with pictures inside. So that was my favorite books. Like I, I never read like you know fiction books, right? Story books. Like I, I hated story books because it was about it was about bull crap. It was about non real stuff. So I went in my encyclopedia. So yeah, I was in this like encyclopedia all the time, right? That was what I read at night in my room. I was just going, you know, the right brother, species of sharks, species of birds, species of, they threw the whole thing. I mean, we never had, you know, YouTube, we never had internet, right? So, so I was stuck in those volumes and I went to every single one of those volumes and they had color pictures and I was like, I was in heaven. But at 10 years old, I knew what I wanted to do. And I go, wow, yeah, I like do these voices for the cartoons. By the time I was 12 years old, right, Donny Osmond came out, right? Okay, this is, I talk in ancient history. Uh, Donny Osmond, and I told my mom, Ma, I can do that. 
I can do that. You know, but I needed some backing, right? So come on, ma. Make me an outfit like that, and I will show you. I can do that like Donny Osmond. And, and the funny thing is, I went I went to the Jose Feliciano concert. That's not a the kind of manifestation story. I think I, I told you guys on the podcast already. But when I was there, this this lady came, this lady from the mainland came up to me and said, "Excuse me, are you Donny Osmond?" <laughs> like what? I like you know. But when I was twelve, I was like, "Ma, I can take this guy. I can take that guy." Now you gotta understand, I lived on a neighbor island. So that was like way more behind time than the island I live on now in Hawaii. But that was my attitude. I was like, I can do that. You know, so I had this drive, this built-in drive. When I saw something I like, I go, I can do that. You know, but my mom had other plans, right? She wanted me to be an attorney. She wanted me to do what she wanted me to do. So here's the thing. I'm going to cut to the chase right now, Hawaiians, okay? And I'm going to tell you a short story. But before I tell you the story, I'm going to tell you, you can do whatever you want. Whatever you want. This is your life. God blessed you with this. Okay? This is your blessing, right? Now, you can do anything you want with your blessing, but you're here for you. I see people, you know, they go, oh, well, no, I, you know, I, I got I to gotta go along with my friend, because my friend, they like do this. Oh, I got to go do it. No, no. You do what you want to do, Right? Okay, I, I have I have a lot of clients that, that tell me that, uh, well, you know, I, I'm all about my kids. Everything is about my kids. It's all about my kids. And my question is, look, you got one life. What about you? Right? Because if you're going to be good for your kids, you got to be good for you first. Right? You got to build you first. Then you're going to have the foundation for your kids. Right? Okay, enough on that. But that's, that's you know, so I'm giving you guys a little bit of here, a little bit there, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Now, the, the thing I want to tell you guys, I always lived my dreams. And one of my dreams was entertainment, right? You know, I told you guys, right? I just got through telling you guys. But it was also um, apparent to me that I had two left feet and I didn't know how to dance. And uh, so, so one day I learned how to do this hula, okay? Because I grew up around a hula halal and... Um, and my Hanai auntie had a, a big hula studio. And so I used to watch these guys. And the most simplest dance that I saw was a hulimako. Okay. And this, this is, a, you know, for you local people in Hawaii, you guys understand. You guys outside of Hawaii. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I just could tell this story because I, I got it from a local person that, that asked me this. Okay. So a hulimako, this is a Hawaiian dance. Okay. And it talks about the eyes, the hands, and, and it, it, it just, uh, yeah, it, it's just, uh, it means, to, a huli means to turn around, okay? So anyway, it's, it's a dance where you turn around to the right, you turn around to the left, you, you know, the hands, the eyes, all, all of that. Or the, actually, it's the eyes, the hands, and, and like that. Okay, so anyway, so during the summertime, right, I was about like 16, and I used to sneak out of the house at night because my mom used to go sleep like around 10 o'clock, my mom and dad. And so they were always in the in the bedroom and in her bathroom, which was in her bedroom, uh, at, at around 10 o'clock at night. So she had her own bathroom, everything. She was bawling. She was, <laughs> she, she was doing her own trip. And so I would sneak down like through the house, down downstairs, and I used to go to the garage. I even took WD-40 and I sprayed it in the in the lock. So that the key wouldn't make noise going in. You know, sometimes the keys, you know, make that grinding sound. Yeah, so so my key just went, <laughs> went in like, zoop, zoop, <laughs> like right there. Okay, so so then I kept my, my my guitar in the closet in the garage, in the garage cabinet. 
and I, I kept them out there, right? And they, they didn't know because I put it in the afternoon of, right? So I used to grab my guitar, right? And I used to run through the cane field. Now, we had a long cane field, okay? And I ran all the way down the cane field. Now, sometimes, you know, you, you run across rats, centipedes, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. I never got stung. But, but you know, you see things, right? You see things move. And this is the dark now. So sometimes when it's full moon, you know, the, the path is lit. When it's not full moon, I knew the path already. So I was running in the dark. Or let's say walking fast, run. Walk fast, run. That kind of thing. So, and it was about maybe um, about a mile to the beach. And I used to go down to the beach and hang out with the boys. And we used to sit down and drink beer and play music and smoke weed and do all that kind of stuff. Yes, I did inhale. Big deal. Okay, so... <laughs> That being said, I have not smoked weed since I was about, I think, 20 years old. Something like that. Anyway, because uh, I, I wanted my brain. <laughs> That's all. I just valued my brain. That that was a, the only reason. Anyway, so so that happened, right? So one of these nights, right, I find myself. Now, this is the this is the wondrous part about my, my childhood and about my adulthood and about my life. I find myself living these experiences that I'm like, whoa. Like, if, if there was a movie about all the crap that I did, like, people would be like, whoa, this guy, this guy had an amazing time, right? Because I had fun. So here's the thing, right? They took me down to, they go, hey, we're going down to the Beach Boy Hotel. I'm like, oh, okay. So went down to the Beach Boy Hotel, right? We, we, we're in there, right? And there's musicians there, and the musicians were older. So the musicians were in their 20s, but they knew me, right? I was 16 years old, and they look at me and like, hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing, right? And then, so I had learned this dance, Ehuli Mako. So pretty soon, this group knew that I knew the dance. And so they would call me up and I would be dancing, right? And I was 16 years old, okay, drinking, I don't know, vodka tonics, I think it was, and beer or whatever. And I was drinking with these older guys and this one guy was a tour escort. And I used to entertain his tourists. So every time he was in town, right, or on the island, every time he was in the, on the island, he would he would get a hold of me. He would see me. He would come down the beach and, hey, you know, come come to kind. Come down to the hotel tonight. So I would go down to the hotel and they would the group would call me up and I would be dancing Ehulimako. And in my head, I was like, boy, I wish my mom could, you know, because when you're a kid, right, you go, wow, I wish my mom and my dad could see me dance, you know, I wish they saw this, right, and then, then it got, it got bigger, right, so, I mean, I mean, bigger in the way that I did more, and, and so, so I was dancing a Hulimako down at this hotel, right, then I went down to this other hotel called the Kauai Sands Hotel, now, this was a small place, really small, and the nightclub in there was small, maybe like not even hundred people, seventy-five max, right? On a on a packed night, and and that band down there got to know me too, right? Because of the tour escort, he goes, "Hey, we will call Junior up, call Junior up. You can dance on hula." And I so one night I danced the hula, and then I I I turned around to the guys and I said, "You guys, uh, you guys know Tiny Bubbles, right?" And they go, "Yeah," and so I did Tiny Bubbles. Right, but I did them doing three different voices, and this is where that routine was born. I, I did this routine and throughout my uh, throughout my wedding and party business career, you know, and and we did this thing, right? So I did an impression of Don Ho, John Wayne, and Paul Lynn. Now, you guys, yeah, you, you younger guys, you guys gotta Google, but these are 
three celebrities. I think most people know John Wayne, cowboy movie actor. Paul Lynn was from the Hollywood Squares. He was a funny guy. He was gay. And it was funny because he was the last guy. And, and there was a little, there was a little uh, gay pun to it. But, but it was, you know, it was in those days, right? Now, now if, if I did that now, okay, um, yeah, it wouldn't be received as well. And it was not homophobic. It was not against homosexuals. It was about that this guy was funny, right? It, he was just funny. Uh, he was hilarious. And he was the same guy for you guys. If you need a reference, go check Uncle Arthur on Bewitched Comedy Series. Go Google that. But he was, I mean, this guy, this guy was hilarious. Anyway, and I made up the routine on stage. Like right there, like on, on the fly, as they would say, which means in motion. And, and it just boom, boom, boom. And I had no idea that I was going to do this. So I guess, I don't know, maybe I was channeling them. I, I just went chance them, whatever. And the people in the crowd were crying. They were laughing so hard. They were crying because they knew these people, right? They, this was the, this, this was, <laughs> this is the stone age. So they all knew these guys, right? And the band was cracking up. I mean, everybody was cracking up. So every time after that, I was I was uh, requested to do my tiny bubbles routine, and I carried that right into adulthood. And that, my friends, is the story of how the Don Ho routine was created, and uh, and how I used to dance a hulimako for the tourists uh, <laughs> when I was supposed to be in my bed sleeping, and my mom had no idea. She had no idea, you know, and, and all these things that I did that she has no knowledge of. She, I mean, till today, you know, I told her, I think I told her a couple of times about the Don Ho routine, but I didn't tell her it was like, you know, and maybe, maybe now, I don't know. She's older now. Maybe I can tell her without, without getting some cracks. But anyway, but that was fun. So you see, Hawaiians, that's an example of living your dreams. <clears throat> now, living your dreams doesn't mean you have to be famous to do it. Living your dreams means, hey, you know what? If you want to perform it in front of an audience, if that was your goal, like, okay, there you go. And God and God goes, bro, there you go, right? And, and there I was living my dreams at 16. Now, that manifested in adulthood. Why? Because I started back then, right? Because that was the vision. I, and in my mind, I was like, Bro, one day, bro, one day you can do this. You can do this on stage in Waikiki. One day you can do this in front. And you know what? I did them on my Waikiki show. And that's what they call manifestation. Oh, oh, sorry, oh, I, I got I to gotta go. But yeah, see? But you got to hold the idea firm. And then you got to take the baby steps. And Sister Jerry at Island Club and Spa. Two convenient locations. My favorite one in Kaka'ako and also in the Aloha Ilani Hotel in Waikiki. But those guys, they even, the valets parked my car right up front. This guy, they spoiled me. Got a mahalo, brothers. Mahalo, brother Charlie. All you guys down there at the Aloha Ilani. Mahalo. Hey, until next time. Oh, yeah, Voice Master Family Service Companies. And uh, check out Darren Chinen's music. It's on. Uh, it, it's on uh, afmhawaiimusic.com. Go check it out. And until uh, next time, I'm Junior Kekoeva Junior saying mahalo and aloha.